This week on the show, we have got updates galore with Mercari adding media mail, kinda, pirate ship, integrating with PayPal, and much, much more. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to episode number 194 of the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. My name is Ryan, and I am bringing you a ton of reselling news this week. There is all kinds of stuff going on. Feature updates at most of the major platforms and another big announcement of a closure over at Amazon. We'll wrap up the episode in the back half with uh, a few interesting what sold items. So let's just get right into this reselling news. News updates. If you are a seller on Mercari, you may have received a notification of this. Mercari has finally added Media Mail. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not perfect. <laughs> uh, last week in the episode, I mentioned that I do ship on my own on Mercari be because they did not offer Media Mail. And lo and behold, two days later, they announced that they are going to start participating in media mail shipping, albeit in a, a kind of a strange way. So if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to pull up their chart here. So media mail is, for those of you who are not familiar with it, who maybe are not booksellers, it is a way to ship books via a ground service for a substantially lowered rate. Uh, Mercari defines it as USPS media mail is a cost-effective shipping method for educational materials, including books, sound and video recordings, printed music, and movies. Mercari now offers prepaid shipping labels for media mail in select categories. So this is not going to be available in categories that do not qualify. They do list some of the eligible categories, books, they must have eight pages or more movies, DVDs, VHS, and Blu-ray, printed and recorded music, such as CDs, cassette tapes, vinyl records, and sheet music. There are some prohibited categories. Comic books, magazines, and newspapers do not qualify. Video games do not qualify. Address books, blank notebooks, notepads, or three-ring binders. Digital media saved to USB and flash drives or any media material containing any advertising. And this is regardless of the date. If you have an old magazine, let's say, from the early 1900s, and it contains ads, even though those companies may be long out of business and the ad certainly is no longer valid, that item technically cannot be shipped through media mail. So you just want to be aware of that. The problem with Mercari's implementation of media mail, and this is true more broadly of most of their prepaid labels, is they don't offer really the full service, and they are also not offering you the full commercial level discount that you would get if you used, say, Pirate Ship or one of the other commercial shipping services. So on this chart, if you're again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. The one pound rate for Mercari media mail is four dollars and thirty cents. The actual commercial available rate for one pound is only $3.65. So there is a premium being charged here. Either they are charging an additional fee or they are not fully passing along to us as sellers or you as potential buyers the full commercial discount. They're potentially making a little bit of extra money here or maybe they just have not gotten as good a deal from the post office for the commercial rate. Whatever the case is, this is still not the best offering available 
for media mail shipping. So I'm not going to change my process. I'm going to continue to use pirate ship because it's cheaper for me, which ultimately makes it a better value for the end consumer. The other thing is they do not offer all of the available weights and they do not offer them in one pound increments. The one pound increments only go up to five pounds, which again, at each of those levels, they are overpriced relative to the normal commercial rates. Then it goes to 10 pounds. So anything between six and 10 pounds goes out at the 10 pound rate, which again, I believe is high. The next tier is 15 and it caps out at 20, where media mail actually through the United States Postal Service caps out at 70 pounds. You're probably not going to send out a lot of 70 pound media mail orders. I have done some 40, 45 pounders with like sets of encyclopedias or large sets of books. So it is possible to have kind of higher weight items. Uh, but the fact that this does not actually follow the USPS media mail structure for those of us who are full time and or quote unquote professional <laughs> uh, resellers it leaves it somewhat lacking. If you are a part time seller or an occasional seller just trying to sell a book, this may represent a, a good opportunity for you. You don't want to go through the hassle for one item to sign up for something like pirate ship or whatever. I would totally get it. And for those uses, and that is Mercari's own mission statement. That's who they're aiming for. They're not really trying to attract kind of big professional sellers. This will be a good program. But for those of us who are doing this, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one of those. Uh, on a regular basis, this unfortunately just isn't that great a deal. But it is available, and it, of course, is newsworthy. Speaking of pirate ship, uh, they announced this past week that they have now integrated PayPal shipping. So if you use, if you have your own website and you accept PayPal on that, or if you sell on a site like Bonanza, which processes orders exclusively through PayPal, Pirate Ship now has integrated with PayPal to pull all of that shipping information into their own master shipping, which is awesome. Now, I only do four, maybe five sales a month over on Bonanza. But this is still going to represent a time savings for me because they'll just import right in here. I won't have to do copy and paste and all that jazz to ship my Bonanza orders through Pirate Ship any longer. So this is this is pretty cool. Uh, Pirate Ship's PayPal integration makes it easy to import your orders from PayPal and create shipping labels for them. Here's how it works. Connect your PayPal account just like you would have done your eBay or your Etsy or any of the other accounts that are available there. Go into Settings and Integrations. Click on Connect New Source. Select PayPal and follow the prompts. Um, by default, Pirate Ship imports orders with the shipping status unshipped. However, you do have the option to import orders with any shipment status. So if, if you want to just import all of your orders just to see what's out there, you can do that. But it is by default, only going to pull in the things you have not yet marked as shipped. When you ship an order, PayPal, or I'm sorry, Pirate Ship automatically marks the order's shipping status as shipped in PayPal. I will have to see if this then transfers over to automatically to Bonanza if you mark it shipped. Because I've not done that through PayPal because I don't ship through them. So I don't know if it automatically marks that item as shipped in Bonanza or not. I will have to update you the next time I get a Bonanza order and ship it through this new PayPal integration with Pirate Ship to let you know if that works or if you still have to manually go into Bonanza and mark that bad boy as sold. So as always, there will be links to all of this in the show notes and the video description below if you want to go read more about this. But this is a pretty nice integration from Pirate Ship. 
Speaking of PayPal, they have also added features to their checkout. If you use them again on your own website or a site like Bonanza, who exclusively uses PayPal, they have added checkout options, including Apple Pay and Saved Settings. PayPal has announced new features for sellers who use its services that are designed to enhance payment acceptance on their online stores. A spokesperson. Easy for me to say. A spokesperson told e-commerce bites with one integration, small business will get access to these new features as well as existing complete payment solution features, which include the ability to accept PayPal, Venmo and PayPal later products, process card payments directly on the website and customize the checkout experience. She described these four features in a nutshell as follows the ability for small business to accept payments with Apple Pay, as well as a range of other payment options. The ability for customers to save their payment methods with the PayPal Vault, which can reduce friction and drive conversion. The ability to keep cards up to date with real-time account updater, which can help reduce declines and drive conversions by automatically, automatically updating lost, stolen, or expired cards on file. And the ability of, for small business to access Interchange Plus Plus pricing with gross settlement and get more transparent Pricing. This article is over on e-commerce bytes, and I will link to it if you'd like to go read the full thing. But this is uh, for those of you who may be using PayPal. This is again big news. eBay has made some updates. They are redesigning the listing page. They're making some significant changes to sellers' listings that announced this week. Among the changes, eBay will increase the prominence of seller information and Make the images larger on the view item page. eBay said it would also bring critical information like item specifics and seller description higher up on the page before any modules that show other items and ads. That too is terrific news. The idea that you would go to, someone would go to your listing and before they even see your item specifics, they would see ads for other sellers' stuff. Never made any sense to me, so they're going to kind of reconfigure that to make it a little bit better for your individual listings. The move comes as some sellers have criticized the company for putting too many ads from competing sellers on their listings. eBay did not make a general announcement about the changes. Rather, it posted an invitation in a lock thread on its buyer discussion boards inviting buyers who wish to be a part of the view item redesign this year to apply to join a private community board. Sellers, of course, were quick to pick up on the news, starting their own thread on the seller board with one commenter asking why eBay was soliciting feedback on the buyer board, but not the seller board. I can see where you would want both perspectives, but the thing that's going to drive additional business is how buyers view this change. So I get why eBay is at least initially more focused on buyer feedback for this particular update. Another seller wrote, some of the things mentioned in the announcement sound good to me, but the devil is always in the details and we'll have to wait and see. The item listing, also known as the view item page on desktop, will be going through a redesign this year as part of the effort. We're going to simplify and modernize the user experience. To This is from eBay's actual announcements to help be a part of this process, uh, which I don't know if this is a typo on e-commerce sites, but they have a, a part as one word, not a part. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, please check out the new community board. Here are some of the key highlights of what you can expect. Larger images, increased prominence of the seller information, bring critical information, again, like item specifics and seller description higher up on the page before any modules that show other items and ads. Improve the hierarchy of the page so we show the most important information in the right order. 
We will be rolling out the changes in phases as they almost always do over on eBay. As we design the final experience, we'll be running several tests and gathering feedback. Your feedback is valuable and help us will help us in creating a better eBay experience. Thank you for buying and selling on eBay. Uh, eBay did make some changes to the view item page last year as well. So they continue to try to tweak what end buyers are actually seeing on the page. And again, from everything that's available in this posting, this all appears to be excellent news. Other excellent news, eBay did also make an announcement this week that you can now create custom social posts right from your eBay storefront. We are excited to let you know that you can now easily create custom social posts directly from your social page in your storefront on Seller Hub. This means you can effortlessly attract new buyers to your listings, category pages, and storefront when you share posts to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. Uh, to get started, link your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest account to your new social page under the Stores tab in Seller Hub. Just click the button for the social platform you want to post to, create custom social posts, and drive new interest to your storefront and listings. Pro tip, add hashtags and multiple images to your posts that will be featured using the carousel format on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest at no cost. Click and post. It is that easy. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of get a view here. I've pulled up on the screen what that new social media page looks like on Seller Hub. Uh, I have not yet linked any of my accounts here, but you can see that those four are there and very easily linked to then create posts to share to social media. So this is another opportunity for you to be able to easily share items, new listings, categories to your existing follower base if you choose to do that. I, for my part, when I do that, I'm doing that through the, the eBay affiliate program so that I can make a little bit of money on that side as well. So I'm not totally sure I will use this particular feature, but if you're not part of the eBay affiliate program, this is a, a great, simple, easy way to start sharing your listings from eBay to social media. Over on Etsy, interestingly, uh, teenagers have named Etsy a favorite site, which I would not have expected. And analysts promptly upgrade the stock to a buy. Etsy was a beneficiary of pandemic lockdowns and has retained those gains. And analysts says their stock rose 2% Tuesday after Piper Sandler upgraded the stock to the equivalent of buy from neutral and said its annual survey of teens had found the company has momentum with Gen Z, the online arts and crafts marketplace appeared on Piper's Taking Stock with Teen survey for the first time since fall of 2021. Uh, Depop, the fashion retail site that Etsy acquired, was the, the big push at that point. Uh, it appeared in the first time since then. The survey found a shift in teen preferences toward off-price and secondhand shopping. So this is interesting news. Again, I would not have expected that Etsy would be kind of top of mind with teens. So this is pretty cool. If you're selling on Etsy, again, this can be nothing but good news. That's a good news kind of week <laughs> uh, here at the pod. Poshmark, man, it's just new feature after new feature this week. We talked about this some months ago that they had in beta, their Posh Shows, which was their live selling feature. They have now invited all sellers to go live with Posh Shows. This article is over on Payments. Dot com fashion resale platform Poshmark has entered the world of live stream shopping. The company on Wednesday, April 5th debuted Posh Shows, which allows people to live stream on the site for the first time. It's a move that's happening a bit of boom in the popularity for the resale space and as several retailers grapple with their approach to live shopping. 
we saw a huge gap in live commerce in the U.S. The need for a platform that could help anyone be successful with live selling by making it incredibly simple and fun, said Tracy Sun, who is a Poshmark co-founder and senior VP of the Seller Experience. They began testing Posh shows, like we said, in the last quarter of 2022, with sellers hosting more than 100,000 shows and shoppers placing more than 4 million bids. The program is now open to any seller with just a closet and a phone in the U.S. and Canada. So if you are a seller over there on Poshmark, you can now access these live shows. The popularity of this practice has helped reselling go mainstream with ThreadUp teaming with brands such as Tommy Hilfiger and H&M and Amazon launching a partnership with Rent the Runway to expose the pre-loved used designer apparel marketplace to a larger audience. Livestream selling grew in popularity among younger shoppers during the pandemic when social platforms like TikTok and Instagram de- debuted their live shopping offerings. So be aware of that if you are a seller on Poshmark and you don't want to do any of the other live, you don't want to do YouTube selling or whatnot or any of those. Now Poshmark has opened this up to everyone. Last bit of news. This has appeared in a lot of different places. This particular article is over on Gizmodo. Amazon is shuttering its book depository store, which is amazing to me. Uh, Amazon's cost cutting is moving beyond layoffs as it cuts its online book retailer book depository. They're planning to cut ties with this online bookstore, which is based in the UK and has been part of the conglomerate for more than two decades. This announcement comes as Amazon is working to cut costs and has laid off 18,000 employees this year and another 9,000 in the coming weeks, as we talked about, I think, last week on this show. Book Depository has been part of Amazon since 2007, but will close its doors on April 26th, so it's just a couple of weeks away, not very far at all. The company says customers can still place orders online until closing day at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that any book purchases made prior to that would be delivered. So for a company who started out by selling books and nothing else to be shuttering its its book depository is frankly pretty amazing and it just goes to show the depths of the cost-cutting measures that Amazon continues to do as in addition we've talked about the kind of the squeezing of the third-party sellers for more and more of a revenue share. So it's unclear to me really what's going on over at Amazon, but these kind of things are uh, not a good look, not a good look to say the least. So if you're watching on YouTube, uh, please feel free to leave me a comment. If you're not, uh, this shameless plug that we got to stick in here somewhere. If you're not a subscriber to the show on YouTube or a follower of the podcast, please consider doing that as well. With all of that, Mostly good news. One kind of downer there at the end, which probably doesn't really affect any of us, but uh, a really a pretty bright week for the reselling space. Let's get into some what sold. So if I'm not mistaken, uh, this list is almost exclusively books, but it's still there's some interesting stuff in here and so actually I take that back there is at least one set of records on here so we'll get to that this first one is a uh, a book what is a father children's responses by Lee Parr McGrath from 1969 this was a paperback book i had it listed for 29.99 or best offer it was in my current 30% off sale this month so it sold for $20.99 
plus media mail shipping. This was a kind of a cool book, uh, a, a look at what kids defined as a father. So I kind of flipped through this as I was listening it. This is from a big lot of books that I own for about three and a half cents. So not a bad flip to get things kicked off. Read an interesting article uh, earlier this week that apparently chess has become so popular with young people, teens in particular, that some schools have been forced to remove chess boards from the classroom because they cannot keep kids from playing chess. That is remarkable to me because when I was a kid, there were like two of us <laughs> uh, that played chess. So chess has become incredibly popular. Here is a book on chess that I sold over on eBay, uh, Alka. Alekine's Defense by R.G. Eels and A.H. Williams. It's a 1973 hardcover from Chess Digest Incorporated. This is out of a big lot that I own for about 16 cents. I had it listed for $29.99 or best offer plus customer paid shipping. I did receive an offer for $25 and went ahead and sold that. So if you weren't aware, now you know. Chess is kind of a big deal right now. For sale over on Etsy, a vintage book from the early 1900s. This did not have a printing date in it, but based on my research, that's what I determined. Moods by Louisa May, May Alcott. This was published by Hearst and Company. Hardcover book in reasonably good condition from a big lot that I own for about five cents a piece. This thing sold for $27.99 plus media mail shipping over on Etsy. On to Mercari, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Samuel Clemens with illustrations by Norman Rockwell. This was a hardcover book in fairly decent condition, part of a big lot that I own for $0.16. Cents. This thing went for $30 with free shipping over on Mercari. So sales pretty much everywhere this week. No bonanza, but three of the four platforms had pretty good sales if you're following me over on the Instagram, shameless plug, at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Uh, I posted my weekend update for listings. Last week I did 100 listings. I did take almost two full days off to spend with my kids who were on spring break. They're actually not my kids, but nonetheless, they were kids that I love very dearly, and they were available to spend some time with me on spring break. So we went and did some stuff, and I still managed to get 100 listings done and do 100-plus sales for the week so it was a pretty good week here at the galaxy and like i said sales on all three platforms back over to ebay money and government in the roman empire this was a hardcover from 1995 by richard duncan jones it was a cambridge edition hardcover book again part of my 30 percent off sale so i've had this thing for a while originally listed at 49.99 with free shipping sold for 34.99 with free shipping Back over to Etsy, I Married a Ranger by Dama Margaret Smith. This was from Stanford University Press, illustrated hardcover book from 1931. This was a part of a big lot that I own, again, for about three and a half. Is that right? Yeah, about three and a half cents. Uh, sold for $42.99 plus media mail shipping. Continuing on Etsy, this was part of a set. This one was kind of an interesting one. So I did a big buy several months ago that was about 3,500 odd books. And within that collection were several sets of different types of books, Time Life books and Reader's Digest books. And there was this vintage 1974 set, Understanding Human Behavior, The Illustrated Guide. It was a 24 book set and there were 23 volumes in my, in my purchase. So I went on eBay 
to see if I could find the one missing volume, and I was able to find it for $5 free shipping. <laughs> uh, so 23 of these volumes I own for 16 cents, and one of them I own for five bucks. Uh, this set sold for $69.99 plus media mail shipping over on Etsy. So individually, clearly they were not worth very much. I looked up several individual ones and they were all kind of selling in that five to $7 range. Many of them with free shipping, which just is not, it's just not worth doing for me, but a set of these for 70 bucks kind of made sense. So it was worthwhile spending the five bucks to get one copy of the one book I needed to be able to make a complete set. Uh, this was a, this was a pretty cool find, uh, something to be on the lookout for. If you're looking at old vintage books, there were only a couple of these out there and they were fairly expensive. Applesauce needs sugar by Victoria case. This was a double day first edition hardcover with its dust jacket from 1960. This happened to be an ex library copy. So it wasn't in the best condition. It had some library markings and the card holder in the back and that kind of thing, but a really rare book. These were selling anywhere from $100 to $125 in really great condition, but there were no current listings at the time I listed mine, so I did put it up at $94.99 or best offer, plus customer paid shipping. It almost immediately had several watchers. I sent out 15% off offers and sold it almost right away. This thing sold within less than 24 hours for $80.74, plus, again, the media mail shipping. Uh, for a book I own out of a big lot for, for 16 cents. So this was a really, really nice flip. And lastly, our flip of the week. Uh, this was a, a set of records that I bought in an estate sale, man, probably two years ago. I paid two two bucks per box set for, I think, 20 or 22 volumes of the William B. Williams Make Believe Ballroom set. These were put out by the American Express Company. I want to say maybe in the late 70s or early 80s. I don't know how many are actually available in the total set, but I got, it was either 20 or 22 volumes of this. About half of them were new and sealed. They'd never been opened. I had them listed at various prices from $18.99 to $24.99. I've had them long enough that they were in my current 30% off sale, and I had someone reach out to me about six particular volumes asking if I would do a deal and combine shipping from their original prices. If he had bought them all at my current asking prices, this would have been about $140 worth of stuff plus another 20 odd dollars in shipping. I made him an offer for the six at $99.99 and I would eat the shipping. He went ahead and took that. So this ended up being a, a pretty good flip. These records have been here a lot longer than I would have liked, but nonetheless, it was originally a 40 to $48 purchase, and in this one sale, I made about $60 net profit, and I've already sold a couple of these sets individually, so I'm, I'm well into the money on these, and I've still got some left. This particular one, obviously, 12 of them at 2 bucks a piece. I got $12 plus the shipping in it, so maybe $24, $25 total. So pretty nice week overall here at the Galaxy. Again, Busy week with listing despite missing a couple days. I got a hundred of them in. Next week will also probably be pretty light. I'm going to spend some time at my storage unit, kind of cleaning out some stuff that I know is just not going to sell and either make some donations, uh, probably to Goodwill or the local thrift store 
of some old paperbacks that I'm probably not going to mess with. I will check them all to see if there's anything of value over there before I discard them, but I'm going to try to clear out some additional space because we are back into decent weather. The spring has sprung. Garage sales are going to start popping off, and I'm going to start heading back out to some estate sales in the next couple of weeks. Uh, as I am rapidly approaching the end of my two big bulk buys, which is pretty remarkable. It's taken me almost a year, uh, but I'm close to being through all those. So again, let me know down in the comments below, how was your week? What were your big sales? Uh, what's been going on? If you're listening to the pod, you can, of course, email me over at galaxycds at gmail.com and let me know how things are going for you that way. As always, uh, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time listening to my ramblings. Uh, again, some really good news. The, the the pirate ship integration is big, big news for those of us who use PayPal. The media mail thing over at Mercari is kind of a mixed bag, but for smaller sellers is probably very, very helpful. It's, I'm sure it's cheaper than counter rate, so it's a win. eBay continues to make upgrades and design changes with the idea in mind of fostering better buyer interaction. So all in all, a really, really good week for the reselling platforms. With all that said, hey, it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.